All right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Late Hit with Matt and Tyler. We hope you guys had a great Christmas. I know we did. Uh, watched a lot of football this weekend. We had some Saturday games. We had some Sunday games. We had three Monday games on Christmas Day, which is pretty great. But I know we all enjoyed watching it. I hope you did too. Matt, how you been doing? We missed you last week. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I've been loving the the football spread out throughout the week. That's pretty cool. So. Once uh, college ends, then they kind of start taking over the Saturdays and spreading things out a little bit. I like it much better. Yeah, this is like the best time of year because it's bowl season. We have NFL games Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I mean, it's it's just a great time of year to be in. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, let's get started with our first topic. We're gonna, the first game we're going to talk about: the Steelers beat the Bengals thirty-four to eleven. It seems like the Steelers' defense finally exposed Jake Browning and forced three interceptions. Are the Bengals' playoffs hopes finally over? I mean, I feel like this has been a constant topic throughout the season. Uh, back for when Joe Burrow was in, in whatever slump he was in, playing in this league and not injured. And I mean, Jake Browning, he had a terrible game against you know, a pretty solid Pittsburgh defense, so you know it's going to happen. Happens to the best of them, and you know this this guy is going to go through learning curves. He's a young guy, his first actual season, and you know we've talked about it before. He's had he's performed better in most games than what we've expected. So you're going to have your ups and downs, and I don't necessarily means that their season's done with, but um. They're not eliminated yet, so, you know, things happen. But, you know, they have a pretty good, solid team. And T. Higgins comes back and shows that he can step up and help this team out. And they just, you know, couldn't pull it off. And Mason Rudolph surprisingly had a pretty decent game. Um, yeah. didn't, turn to, didn't turn the ball over much, which, I mean, <laughs> Bengals aren't really a solid defense, but. You know? Yeah, I was I was not expecting this at all because what what we've seen from Jake Browning these last few weeks, um, I mean, he looked like he was you know the guy that was going to help take this team to the playoffs because he was playing pretty good football. Right. Um, you know, and like you said, we didn't expect this kind of game from the Steelers. Uh, what we've seen from them, even defensively, like the last few games they've lost, we've seen the Steelers defense not play up to par like we've seen them play normally. You know, and Mason Rudolph starting his first game and. I, I couldn't even tell you how long it's been quite some time since we've seen him start in a game, play in a game. Um, so I wasn't expecting him to have the game he had. He was like 17 of 27 for 290 yards. So he played phenomenally, you know, well above what we expected out of him. So, you know, the Steelers, they just came in here, took care of business. And, you know, Jake Browning threw three interceptions and looked like the Jake Browning we we would have expected Jake Browning to be. And, you know, they just – I think they really did expose him for who he is. Now, this Bengals team isn't out of the playoffs, uh, but they are on the outside looking in right now. They're kind of one of those in-the-hunt teams, as we like to say. Um, but, you know, there are uh, teams like the Colts who are in the playoffs currently that are 8-7. and seven. So, you know, they still have a chance, but, you know, other teams have to lose some things that have to happen for them to sneak back in there to the playoffs. But I don't know if it's going to be, you know, too little too late. I mean, we've only got two more games left this season, so we could see the Bengals quite possibly miss the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, they pretty much, as a team, they probably kind of wrote it off as a, as soon as Joe Burrow went down, so they've gotten 
more hopes than what they've had a couple weeks ago. So, you know. Do you feel like, though, you know, I feel like when Joe Burrow initially went out with the injury, Bengals fans and even probably some Bengals personnel kind of finally said, hey, our season's over. But then you think, like, there was a little, little sunshine, little ray of hope for this team once they saw, you know, Jake Browning win three out of the four ga- first games he started. Oh yeah, because he played awesome for yeah, you know, for the for the position he for the shoes he had to come in and fill. He definitely played uh, way above expected, like nobody would have expect, expected that from him. And so, obviously, right away your initial thought is, okay, we still got playoff chances. Yeah, but you know, with time, with the young guys and time in the league comes people figuring them out and figuring out how the offensive coordinator likes to play this young guy and make things easier for him. And, you know, it doesn't help that Joe Mixon just isn't a factor ever. So with a young quarterback, when you have games that struggle, you need to be able to fall back on your run game a little bit and, or at least have a run threat. And he just doesn't have that. So that's also a challenge. So it's not all on Jake Browning. Um, I mean, his offensive line didn't play very well. He got sacked three times for 26 yards. Um, they, you know, were in his passing lanes the whole game. Defense, just, Pittsburgh defense was just pretty consistent with him. Um, it's just a tough game against a tough Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. So, I don't know. I, I just... Joe Burrow's gonna be back next year. This team's not gonna probably make it to the playoffs if I had to guess, but Yeah. They, I agree. they couldn't have asked asked for a better ending. I mean, they're over five hundred, so yeah, what could I, you ask? I agree with you. I don't think that they're gonna sneak into the playoffs. Unfortunately, they before this week they were in the playoffs and now they're kind of on the outside looking in, like I said. So um I don't know, because we've seen the Colts, they just lost a game to the Falcons, which we expected them to win because they're playing pretty good football. So the teams that are ahead of them, I mean, it's possible that they could, you know, see kind of like a downward spiral. Like the, like I said, the Colts just lost to the Falcons, who couldn't even beat the Panthers the week before. So, I mean, it's possible we see the Bengals in the playoffs, but it's a slim chance. Um, and I just I don't see them sneaking in right now just to where, of, because of where they're sitting. And to me, it's not good for football fans to see a team like Bengals in the playoffs. It's just, it's like the whole vision winner winner crap. You know, these teams win in the division and nine wins and they're trash and you just get bumped in that first round. I feel like now (laughs) that we're seeing seven teams from each conference in the playoffs, you're going to get at least one or two teams like that. Yeah, you're right, but... But I just, it's just bad for football, in my opinion. Like, Yeah, because those teams... I mean, yeah, there they are took, some. They, they took away two first round buys, but really right. somebody's getting the second buy, right? Uh, yeah, technically. And I mean, we we have seen in the past some Cinderella stories where those low seated teams, for some reason, you know, get a chance and you know actually make it pretty deep in the playoffs. But like this year, out of like all the other years, like I don't see like right now the number seven seed in the AFC is the Colts. I don't see them winning a playoff game. I think I think they're going to go into whoever they're playing. Because right now, in the first round, they would be playing the Dolphins. I think the Colts would get blown out in that game. So it's right. it's, it's kind of tough right now. And like I said, even now with those with that extra seed in the playoffs, I feel like you know it's just 
I don't know. I kind of like the seventh seed, but I kind of don't like it because I, I, you know, I like that extra playoff team, but then at the same time, it's like, well, they're really not that deserving of it because they're really not that great of a team. So it's kind of like up in the air on how people feel about that. Yeah. All right. So the Bills narrowly beat the Chargers 24 to 22 and now have a playoff spot and are sitting at the number six seed. What Buffalo team will we see during the playoffs? Are we going to see that team that lost games to the Broncos earlier on the season? Or are we going to see the team that went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs? Yeah, it's just amazing how a week before that, Josh Allen played the career, his one of his career games yeah. versus Dallas. And then he turns around and against the five-win Chargers, literally it plays like dog water. Um, yeah. I, just, I just don't understand Josh Allen. <laughs> Like it's supposed to be the opposite. You're supposed to play okay to decent against good defenses, and then amazing against bad defenses. But hey, whatever. Um, what bills are we gonna get? I don't even think the Bills could answer that. <laughs> I think they're one of the most inconsistent nine-plus win teams in the league, and I think that's what keeps Josh Allen from the MVP conversation. Conversation because of his inconsistency and his struggle against bad teams. It's not all his fault for sure. Um, but I mean, you're throwing interception, you're putting your you're putting your team in a bad position. I guess James Cook could have probably had a better game. Um, he usually does pretty well. But you're playing against Easton Stick for the yeah. Chargers, who is a 2019 fifth round pick that probably no one's ever heard of. Um, so I, I don't know. You should have beat him by a bigger margin than two points, in my opinion. And I know this isn't a style points league, but it just kind of worries you going into the. I mean, it's better than a loss, I will say, but it, it's due for some concern in my so opinion. So the, the Bills are a team like, you know, they could go into like – they could easily go into Baltimore or go into Kansas City or somewhere like that and, and beat one of those teams. But then they're also a team where I wouldn't be surprised if they played like the Panthers and lost that game too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're they're just all over the place, you know. And like you said, going into a game against the Chargers against Easton Stick, a guy who before he even started, some people probably thought was a piece of hockey equipment. Yeah. I mean, like no one's ever heard of that guy, and now he goes in against the Bills, who have been red hot lately and nearly beats them. So I mean, yeah, this this Bills team, like I was high on them last week, and now I'm a little, I'm still kind of high on the Bills, but now I'm a little less high on them because of the performance that they did or they had last week against the the Chargers. So I mean, I, I don't know this. I'm I'm so torn in this AFC playoff picture right now because all of those teams are beatable. You don't know. You know who's who, what's what. It's it's just it's so up in the air right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, NFC is kind of like that too, though. There's a couple standout teams, but even them, they can get beat. I just, I don't know. I don't know what but to like, think about these Bills. Yeah, they're just like I said. They, I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they were a first round exit, but then again, like I wouldn't also, I would also not be surprised if they were in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, they're definitely that team. They're just so up and down. Like this whole season, they've been real low at times, and they've been real high at times. So it's you like you don't know which team you're going to get when you see this team come into this game. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they won, which is the most important thing. Like they obviously needed to do that. You know, then they obviously earned a playoff spot this past week after not even being in the uh, playoff picture last week. So, I mean, kudos to them. I like Josh Allen right now. I think he's playing pretty good football. Um, They just need to be more consistent if they're going to want, if they're going to continue to win games and if they're going to make any noise during the postseason. Yeah, I agree. All right. So the lions beat the Vikings 30 to 24 and won their first ever NFC North title. They will be hosting a playoff game for the first time since 1993. Was this an impressive win on Sunday? Or are you are you not thrilled at a 30 to 24 win over the seven and eight Vikings? Yeah, I mean most of the game, if you watched it, it was a pretty tight race. Yeah, it was. Um, I really didn't know who what the outcome was going to be, to be honest. And it was Jared Goff versus Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins had four interceptions and a 42 QBR. So. Then again, he also had no rush attack whatsoever. So, right. you know, I don't really know what I, you can't take too much away from Nick Mullins. I mean, how often does a guy play? <laughs> yeah, he exactly. Hit Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry, my voice is not the best. <clears throat> he hit Justin Jefferson for some pretty big games. Gains that big first down towards the end of the game and. Some impressive throws that I really uh, was surprised to see from Mullins. He's really not that terrible of a quarterback, despite the four interceptions. Uh, I mean, we know Detroit has a pretty decent defense. But he really surprised me with his arm, I'm not going to lie. Would I want to start him as a starter? No, but he's definitely a solid backup that (laughs) could actually fight you for a win. Um, you know what? If he could t- take away the turn, some of those turnovers, and have an actual rushing game, <coughs> I think he would have been, you know, actually pretty serviceable. But I don't know what. You know what I love about Nick Mullins, and you're probably going to hate this. He reminds me of Brett Favre. He just goes out there. He's he's a, he's an old school gunslinger. Just goes yeah. out there and throws them. Um, and I love that. I mean, he's is he a good quarterback? He's decent. Um, you know, I wouldn't count on him for wins or anything like that, but he's, I mean, he's a good, he's a good serviceable backup yeah. backup. And you could probably actually pull a win out if you has or have a run game, but they had yes. no, they had zero, it's 17 rushing yards. Yeah. But he's, he's fun to watch. Like you don't expect him to win, but he's fun to watch when he's playing. Cause like I said, you, like you said, he's, he had four picks on, on uh Sunday. So, you know, he's not the best but he's fun to watch because he's just going out there and he's slinging it downfield and he's just having fun with it yeah. most of the time. Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, like I said, they had Ty Chandler had eight carries for two point one yards per average. Come on, yeah, it's insane. And then on on the other side of this thing, the Detroit Lions. I mean, with what we've seen so far out of the Eagles out of the Cowboys, you know, and maybe even what we saw out of the the 49ers this week. Is it really that insane to think that Detroit could possibly be a contender right now? 
I mean, they're tied for the most wins in the <laughs> NFC. Yeah, but they're in a way kind of like the Bills. They are a team that can struggle. I mean, look at this game. They struggle against the Minnesota Vikings team. That just gives them turn after turnover after turnover. Yeah, take, take two of those turnovers away, and they might not win that game. Right. <laughs> you can't be relying on turnovers every game. So I don't mean I don't know. Um, I'm not as high on the Lions as we once were. Very very many moons uh, many moons ago, which was probably about six seven weeks ago when they were <laughs> hitting hitting strides early. But that's definitely died off, and it's definitely a different team. Um, they're still a good team, still very stacked roster. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, Amonra, all those guys are still healthy and on the team. Sam Laporta, you know, Jameer Gibbs. There's so many, so much talent around this team. I just don't know what the difference is. Maybe was it David Montgomery was. Was Boogie and more in the beginning of the yeah. season, or I think you know, I don't think he's really. I mean, he obviously he's not where we he was at the beginning of the season when we saw him there, but I don't think he's necessarily declined to the point where we can write him off. I mean, this Detroit team um, is going to be probably the first team, might be the first team we ever see with two thousand yard rushers and two thousand yard mm-hmm. receivers on the same team in the same season, so. Offensively, yeah, they can ball out. Um, I mean, this really all depends, I think, on Jared Goff because when he has a bad day, this team has a bad day. For some reason, if Jared Goff is having a bad game, they can't get the ground game going. They can't get anything going. But if Jared Goff is on point and he's you know, doing his thing, this team really seems to elevate and take off to another level. Um, you know, And do I see them – winning or competing for an NFC championship? No, not really. But this is another team, like you said, like the Bills, where I would not be surprised if they snuck their way in there. Right. Yeah. But the confidence level for me is, like if I was going to give you a confidence level of the Bills, making it to the Super Bowl, I'd give you about a six right now. And I think think I'd give you the same with Detroit, about a six. But so – other than maybe the Ravens and the AFC, are you really that much more confident of any other team? Possibly the Dolphins, maybe. But I mean, I'm really not on the Dolphins. I I know they beat the Cowboys and everything, but I think uh, one of I think if the Cowboys would have played a more clean game, that would have been the Cowboys win. But I I, I like the Ravens, I like the Forty ers Um, this may sound weird, but 49 uh, Eagles aren't the best, but I just feel like all season they haven't been good. So if they hit good, they might be in actual competition in the playoffs. Um, Dallas, and then I think I said 49ers too. And then um, um, Browns. You can't forget about the Browns. Dude, I'm not kidding. I actually no, like them. No, and actually, that's a great transition into our next topic here about the Browns. They beat the Texans 36-22 to on Sunday. Joe Flacco threw for 368 yards, three touchdowns. Now, he did have two picks, but one of those was a toss-up into the end zone right before halftime. And, you know, he's really taken this team to another level. 
I mean, and honestly, in my opinion, I think he's doing a hell of a better job than Deshaun Watson was when he was in their starting quarterback. I mean, and this Browns team with that defense, I, I'm pretty sure they have the number one defense in the NFL right now. This team is scary, and they can beat any of these AFC teams right now. So it's not too far-fetched to say that this Browns team might be looking at possibly an AFC championship. Yeah, these and this team's 10-5. and five. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, Browns is 10-5. and five. Joe Flacco is having the career, uh, the season of his career, and he's only played how many games. Right. Flew, flew in on a plane randomly. And everyone was laughing about it. And this guy comes out and he's looks like him, like younger himself. And you know what I mean? Like it's possibly better. You know, I just uh, him and Amari Cooper have a better connection than Dak had with Amari Cooper. Yeah. Or uh, um, I don't even know what to say about that because. Watching him hit Amari Cooper, every angle, every every corner of the end zone, every sideline fucking toe tap, every, I don't even know, across the middle, everywhere. It, and it was like, it was like um, Flacco to two, Flacco to two, Flacco yeah. to two. That was what I was like watching it. It's like all of a sudden he was almost 300 yards. I'm like, oh, God, I miss Amari Cooper so much. And then... <laughs> Joe Flacco is, I can't say enough, man. I just, I've never seen a Joe Flacco in my life. I remember seeing him play that well. Like that, maybe it's the confident, like he has nothing to lose. He has zero things to lose. He can only prove himself. Like he, he got embarrassed having to be sidelined to somebody like, what's it? uh, Zach Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. He's literally sat there embarrassed. And now the Jets look like fools, like fucking fools. You let Joe Flacco, that apparently still has this in him, sit on this island when he could have been throwing it to Garrett Wilson? Yeah, it's – so from what I heard, uh, Joe Flacco was interested in going back to the Jets after Aaron Rodgers went out with his injury this year, and they didn't want him. So now I think, like you said, he, he's got nothing to lose. He's 38 years old. He's probably in his – you know, last couple of seasons here before he retires and he's kind of just saying, fuck it. I'm going to go out there and sling it and do what I can do. And, you know, I like it. I think, honestly, I think if, if he, if we would have got a full season out of Joe Flacco, I think we would not be talking about him like we are right now. I think the fact that we are only seeing him play in these last four or five games is really what is making him be the player that he is. He's healthy and, yeah, he's healthy. Fresh. You know, he's only he hasn't he hasn't been taking a full season of beatings. He's only been doing it for the last five games. So I mean, that's really helping him. And you know, like I said, this this Browns team is dangerous with him under center. They're looking real good right now. Yeah, oh for sure. And I think, um, I, I, do you think Flacco has played this a stretch this well at like the Ravens that you could remember? So maybe the Super Bowl year when they won the Super Bowl with him. That's something to yeah. But you know, I mean, I the Browns Texans game on on Sunday was one of the ones that are yeah Sunday was sort of the game that I watched. Um, and I you know Joe Flacco like I, it's rare that I sit there and watch a team and look at the quarterback and and in just in, in all in shock. I mean, but Joe Flacco was just doing that for me this year. 
And I don't know if it's just because I wasn't expecting Joe Flacco to do that because he was. I think it's more of that. Because it's yeah. not like his numbers are anything insane. No. But you know, just what to me it was just watching him and Amari Cooper's connection. And it's just like it's like they've played together for the last five years. Yeah, I mean and I feel like I feel bad for Amari Cooper too, because I feel like a lot of people wrote him off, you know, especially when he got traded to Cleveland. I feel like a lot of people said I never did. He Oh yeah, I know you never did. You've always been a big Amari Cooper fan, but I feel like a lot of people. I feel like anybody that goes to Cleveland, people just write off because it's Cleveland. Yeah, I felt bad for him going to Cleveland too. If that's what you mean, yeah, yeah. But now he's like, especially this season, he looks fucking phenomenal, and I love Amari Cooper. And I think, I think if if this team does have any success in the postseason, it's going to be because of him and Joe Flacco, and it's. It's it's shocking to say because they lost Nick Chubb, you know. A lot of people wrote him off after that. A lot of people wrote him off after Deshaun Watson, um, you know. But this team is just going out here and saying, "Fuck it, we've got nothing to lose. We're gonna prove everyone wrong." Yeah, like he has the twenty seventh. Uh, he's tied twenty seventh for receptions, Mark Cooper. But he has he's sixth in the NFL with twelve hundred fifty yards. You know that's pretty crazy considering. He hasn't really had like a solid quarterback because it's just been bouncing around quarterbacks until now Joe Flacco. So it's pretty crazy. He's so he's so good, man. And yeah. he doesn't drop he doesn't drop anything. He's just I don't know, man. He just I wish we never got rid of him. Yeah, he is he is a really good wide receiver. And he's not even thirty years old yet. He's only twenty nine. So yep. he's got he's got some football left to play. And like I feel so let me, he's only six one, but he, if you look on the field, he looks like he's six three. Like he right. plays big. Yeah, he, he plays does. Real big. So let me let me propose this situation to you. Let's say Cleveland does. They're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, they're ten and five. Well, let's mm-hmm. say they win a playoff game, maybe two playoff games. What do you do in that situation? Because Joe Flacco is obviously the guy that's going to lead this team to do that. Do you bring Joe Flacco back, and you know? make him compete with Deshaun Watson. Like it's just, it's, it's a tough situation because you're all Deshaun Watson's contract is fully guaranteed. So whether you cut him or play him, you're paying him. I think you make him compete in the off season. Um, we've seen people have this kind of stretch and then they come back the following year after contract or something. And it didn't look anything like it. It was just like, you're playing as, as the fill-in man right now. There's no pressure. There's no do or die. There's no nothing. There, it's just, oh, well, go out there and sling it like it's backyard football. Exactly. That's what he's playing right now. If you sign a contract to this guy and get tied down with him, that mindset goes out the window no matter who it is. Not saying this would go out the window, but chances are it's happened in the past in other situations, and it could happen again in this situation. So. Definitely make him yeah. compete in the offseason. I mean, yeah, I would make him. I mean, it's tough because. Now, if he goes on and wins you a Super Bowl, I'm oh, signing yeah, no, his ass. I, yeah. I'm signing his ass. No doubt about it. Deshaun Watson's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Joe Flacco, like like we keep saying, he's at that point where he's just like, he's 38 years old. He's just saying, fuck it. Let's go out there and sling it. I mean, what has he got to lose? If, you know, it doesn't work out for him this year. I mean, if they would go into the playoffs and lose first round, you know, like I said, he's at that age where he can just say, hey, I'll retire. I'll ride off into the sunset, you know, but at the same time, like, 
He's playing good football right now, better football than we've seen Deshaun Watson play probably since he's been in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's Cleveland's a very good team right now. Like I said, they have the number one defense in the league. They're playing good football. You know, they made the Texans look embarrassed on Sunday, um, you know, and I think they're going to continue to do that. And there's like an, out of all the AFC playoff teams right now, there's no team that I could definitely say, yeah, they'll definitely beat Cleveland because they could beat the Ravens. They've already done it. Yeah. They can beat the Dolphins. They can beat the Jaguars. You know, they can beat any of those teams. Oh, that are... can beat them. <laughs> all right. That's enough. <laughs> they they could beat any of the teams above them right now in the playoffs. And, yeah. you know, and like I know we in the group chat with Raz, we said the other day how insane it would be if, if we saw a Lions-Brown Super Bowl. That would just be so crazy. Not that, that it's going to happen. Worst, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the worst franchises. Yeah. I mean, and they deserve it. Out of all the... Out of all the suffering the Browns and the Lions have done, you know, in the history of those franchises, they they deserve to at least compete for a Super Bowl. That would be cool to see. It would be very cool to see. I agree. On to our next topic. The Jaguars. Right. Oh, the, I don't want to talk about this, but we have to. The Jaguars the Jag- lose to the Buccaneers 30-12. <laughs> How does that make you feel, Tyler? They have dropped 0-4 in the last four games. Will they win another game this season? So they're playing Carolina this week, which I hope they win. Not going to say for sure that they win that one. And then they play the Titans the last game of the season. So the good thing about the Jaguars is even though they've lost the last four games is the two other teams that they're competing with for first place in their division have also been losing. So they win a tiebreaker with the Colts because they beat them twice this year. And the Texans, they win a tiebreaker with because of conference wins. So, Right now, the Jaguars are still currently sitting in first place in the AFC South, which is not, you know, anything glad to cheer about because it's a terrible division. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're going to win out these last two games against the Panthers and the and the uh, Titans. Are we sure. So I just I'm done with Trevor Lawrence. That's all I have to say. I'm done with that guy. He's just I see you on Twitter posting up. Uh, comparisons of him and Baker Mayfield. Does it him, I think it's Baker Mayfield. Right? There's also comparisons with him and Daniel Jones. Oh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't much different. No, it wasn't. I mean, Trevor, if you did like a blind comparison of stats with Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones might have the upper hand. It's just, uh, I don't know. What are, What are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? I thought I'd see a more consistent Trevor Lawrence by now under Doug, or P- Doug Peterson. I this is Doug too. Peterson's second year now, I believe, right? Uh, his third year. Is it third? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't like how he moves forward, and then he'll hit long periods of struggle. And then out of nowhere, like last year in the playoffs, He'll struggle for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter, he looks like I don't even know what to tell you. Like, like what? Where? How does this even happen? Like, where was this? You come back and you beat who did they play last year in the playoffs? And the Chargers, which isn't yeah, saying they, much because they, <laughs> right? But they came back and just just absolutely destroyed him in like the third and fourth quarter. Right. It's like, what were you doing? And that that's just that's 
Trevor Lawrence in a nutshell. He struggles far too often, and it shouldn't be happening right now. And maybe you can blame some of this game on the rushing attack. I mean, Tampa Bay pretty much shut down uh, Travis Etienne. Excuse me. He was held to two yards average. Yeah. Um, I mean, he only carried six times for 12 yards, but that's unacceptable. Um, You got to get your running game going. I mean, I know Tampa Bay got off to a quick start, but in the first quarter, you're down 3-0. Why are you not running the ball? I, I, I don't even understand that. But then Jaguars defense just let Baker Mayfield pretty much do whatever he wanted in the second quarter and that's where they scored all of their point uh, most of their points 17 points in second so i could see why you get away from the throwing a little bit but don't get too carried away i mean you're down 20 to 0 one touchdown and you're not far off you know i just don't think you should ever get away fully from the run unless the game's so far out of hand in like the third and fourth quarter you got to slow the game down especially when your defense is struggling, you want to give your your defense a break um, as well instead of just three and outs or, you know, hopping on the field and hopping off. It's never going to help out. And the offense that's moving the ball down the field quickly is only going to move it quicker against a tired defense. So, yeah, and I, I, I think there's I think there's coaching problems on this team as well. Right. Um, I just don't think it's all on him. Obviously, you let Baker Mayfield and company put up 30 points on you. Now they did do a good job of shutting down the run Rashid Rashad white. Um, he's pretty good, but he's also, um, pretty good in the passing game as well, which, you know, that's where he gets a lot of yardage too. So he's not just a pure runner rusher, but they did pretty good at stopping them. They only, they held the team to 70 yards rushing. That's pretty good. Um, but as far as their passing attack, you let Baker Mayfield throw almost 300 on you. You got to do a little bit better than that. I mean, it's hard to guard Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Rashad White coming out of the backfield, and then Trey Palmer. So it's it's a pretty hard little trio you got going on there. It's big guys. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, huge. Mike Evans, 6'5", 230 pounds. There's not really much you can – if Mike Evans is on a day, he's going to be on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just no stopping that. Mike Evans, he's just he he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done with. I mean, look at the look at the quarterbacks that he's played with. He's played with you know other than Tom Brady, he's played with Jameis, and you know he's had thousand yard receiving years pretty much every year of his career. So yeah. he's he's just a phenomenal wide receiver, and he's going to go down in history as one of the best to ever do it. Now he's first right now in touchdowns um, with thirteen. He's, he doesn't get talked about enough. He gets overshadowed so much because he never has that top quarterback. So he's just, he's the scary part of this Tampa Bay team, right. in my opinion. Because right. um, he, he, he takes so much away. He gets Godwin open for uh, much more than what people think. Um, just, a, just There's not too many 6'5 receivers with his agility in the league. No, he's, he that's, that's huge, man. Yeah, that is he reminds, big. Reminds me of Calvin Johnson. He does. He's he's big. He's fast. He's you know one of the better ones in the league. Um, but yeah, I just 
this Tampa Bay team, they're very good, to be honest with you. They're very good. And I did not expect it because of, you know, the whole Baker situation. I kind of, and I'm one to say, I kind of wrote him off. Um, but the Jaguars, don't have, <laughs> the Jaguars don't have a very good defense. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence did not play well at all in this game. I don't know if it was because he barely practiced at all this week because he was in concussion protocol. Um, but he, and you know, as much as I shit as I talk on Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if I want to write him off yet. I mean, he's had, like you said, that pretty good comeback playoff win last year against the Chargers. Um, you know, and for the better part of this season, he has played pretty well. But these last four games, he's just looked god awful. Um, you know. And I don't trust this Jaguars team at all. You know, even if we do make the playoffs, which we probably will, I don't see them really beating any team in the playoffs right now because as it sits right now, we would be playing the Cleveland Browns first round and we're not winning that game. I promise you the Jaguars <laughs> are not winning yeah. that game against the Browns right now. Um, not even very if many it teams would. Yeah. Even if it is in Jacksonville at home, we are not winning that game. But I do you know, commend the Buccaneers. Like I said, they're playing great football right now. Baker's playing way better than I expected him to play this year. Baker's uh, you know, playing the best of his career he, entirely. He way, is. way more, way better than he's ever played at the Browns or anywhere else. He's played the Rams or, or wherever. He has 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Right. And he could go. Usually that's the opposite. Eight touchdowns to 26 interceptions. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. And the way dramatic, but you get the point. The way this NFC playoff picture is sitting right now, too, I think, um, you know, the the, the uh, Buccaneers have the number four seed. And as it sits right now, they would be playing the Seattle Seahawks. I can no. definitely see them winning that game. If Seattle comes into Tampa Bay in the playoffs, I could see Tampa Bay pulling out with that win. And, That's you know, not the way it is. What's that? They would be playing Dallas right now. They would host Dallas. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. They would. Be, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, they would be hosting Dallas. And, you know, Matt, is it un- unreasonable to say that the Buccaneers could win that game in Tampa Bay against Dallas? Yeah, Dallas isn't isn't good on the road. But, I mean, I, it would definitely be an upset. But I, just, I, don't know, that's, I don't know if I would go that far. They're not saying it because it's the Cowboys. I, I think they're playing really good football right now. I think Baker's playing the best football of his career by far. But I don't know. I don't know what to say about this team. Um, there's still they're a lot scary of question good. marks. There's they're they're definitely they're definitely not the one I would want to face in in that division. If I'm Dallas, there's other. Right. There's a, I would want to face Falcons over them or somebody, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about them. I don't know what to say about the Jaguars. Too many question marks for Jaguars going into with two games left in the season. That's never a good sign. Uh, you drop too many in a row. I think even if you make the playoffs, I think it's going to be an embarrassing first round exit. Um, and I could be wrong. It's like I said about the Eagles. The Eagles haven't played any good football this season. All they yeah. need to do is flip that switch, and you know that could send them to the Super Bowl. They have the talent to do it, and I think Jaguars could very well do that as well. We've seen this team 
absolutely destroy Justin Herbert and them in the playoffs last year. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, but from what we've seen from the Chargers this year, though, I mean, that's not really much to say. Yeah, I mean, just an example, but right. um, we've seen them play good this year too. They, you know, they've had pretty big wins. They they beat the Bills. You know, <laughs> they oh, they got destroyed by the Forty ers Yeah, well, I mean, that's not. Yeah, Forty Nineers are a good team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, they beat everybody up until they get punched in the mouth. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, they beat the Steelers. They beat some. They beat some. Uh, definitely some playoff teams, but you know, we'll not see where it goes. Not of late. <laughs> not of late, that's for sure. But yeah, hey, can't win them all. No, we'll see. Hopefully, they win the last two. Like I said, they're playing Carolina this week, and then the Titans the week after. So, very winnable schedule for from here on out. <laughs> All right, the Dolphins beat the Cowboys 22-20 to on a last-second field goal. Did this game prove that both of these teams can compete in the postseason? Now, I know, you know, throughout this whole season, everybody has said about that both the Cowboys and the Dolphins that their their wins are, you know, not very commendable because they've played teams not above 500. But I think... This was a, this was this was a very competitive game. Like both these teams came in, it was close. Um, you know, we saw them compete very well. It was a tough battle throughout all four quarters. I mean, both of these teams, I think, played very well, and I can see them both doing well in the postseason. Yeah, um, I think Cowboys definitely played a better team than they played the week. Um, prior in Bills, um, at Bills. Um, they easily could have won this game. Um, it came down to the defense not getting the final stop, and if they would have, um, Dallas could have just pretty much ran the clock out and won the game. But it just went the other way, and Miami got a chance to run the clock out and win the game and kick the last field goal. Um, there were some key points missed in this game. Some bad coaching at times, and excuse me, <clears throat> Tony Pollard getting absolutely shit stuffed at the goal line, and like I've never seen before in my entire life, like inch away, and just got completely manhandled. And like you said earlier, <clears throat> that's where they kind of miss Zeke a power back. Um, so, you know, you're sitting there, you're Mike McCarthy, you're like, God, you just seen that, him get stuffed. You're sitting there, you're like, man, I miss Zeke. Oh, wait, we have a fullback that's kind of like Zeke. This guy's touched the ball four times this year. Let's hand it to him. Very next play, Dak hands the ball off. Pretty clean handoff. What does Hunter Lipke do? Fumbles it at the goal line. Can't make this stuff up. Um <clears throat> So Dolphins get the ball at the one-yard line, march down, and, you know, whatever. Should have been 7-0 to begin with. Um, that would have changed probably a little bit of the outcome of the game. And there's just other stuff um, I did not like throughout the game. First half, they went to CD a lot. After the first half, they threw the, they threw the CD four times in the first quarter, I believe it was. After that, it took to the fourth quarter to get two more receptions. 
and he was completely going off on the first quarter. So I don't know why that's changed up. That definitely needs to be an addressed situation. But, you know, I don't know the reasoning behind that. I can't be too mad at my defense. They held a the most explosive offense to essentially 19 points for the game. And Tyreek killed on 99 yards. Can't, that's not really much to complain about. Jalen Waddle had one catch, and that was that dime throw from yeah, the that end was zone. That was phenomenal real. throw. <laughs> that doesn't happen too often for any quarterback. No, no. And that's especially that's kind of stuff. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that was just happening, and that's the kind of stuff that's been happening to Dallas on the road all year. It's just what can go wrong will go wrong, and it sounds like an excuse, but that's just the way it goes. Some years you're just not very good on the road. Some years. <laughs> I think they're. I want to. Are they five hundred on the road now? I don't. I don't know. But five hundred definitely not bad on the road. The road. <laughs> um, it's not. I mean, every everyone's gonna be worse on the road because everybody's much better at home. It's just the way it goes. Um, I think Dar- Dallas is just getting that little that narrative a little bit more. But unfortunately for Dallas, they're gonna have to go on the road throughout the playoffs. So. You know, that's something that needs to change and be addressed and figured out. And, you know, we'll see. You know, if they played very well in the postseason last year against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, at Tampa Bay. So they're familiar with that field. And they played – Dak probably played his best playoff game ever. He had 90-some QBR that game and um, played very awesome and essentially retired Tom Brady. Uh, so that was – if they could repeat that again, I'm not too worried. That's why I'm not too worried about Tampa Bay. They're not the type of team like Miami where they go out there and they use all this motion and this eye flashy stuff and all that. They're pretty much a old school, traditional um, handoff or, you know, set your feet and throw the ball kind of team. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not a very flashy eye candy, run around, get Tyreek the motion in the background to get your nickel on them and missed matches. And, you know, you, that just doesn't happen against Tampa Bay. And so I'm not too worried about them. But um, we'll see. We'll see where this team goes. My, uh, I, I didn't lose any kind of hope for Dallas. I just think if they're going to hit their stride, they need to hit it now, going, going from the Lions to Washington and, you know, so on. But. And then Miami, you know, they're a really good team. I just – is it just me or just still uh, – I don't – I don't, I can't put my finger on what I think about Miami. I don't know if it's Tua. I don't know if it's their, their, uh, their defense at times. I, I, just, don't, think, I don't think it's I don't, Tua. I, I, and I know a lot of people want to put, put the blame on Tua, but I don't think it's Tua. I think defensively is where they're really struggling. I mean, we've seen this offense be explosive. We saw them put up 70 points earlier this year. So, I I, I don't know. They've, they've got a lot of offensive weapons. They've got Tua. They've got Tyreek. They've got Waddle. They've got, you know, a pretty good one-two punch in the backfield. So, I mean, and obviously Dallas has a pretty good defense. So, you know, for yeah. them to go in and win that game against the Dallas defense, 
I, you know, I don't blame their offense at all. I think defensively is where they're struggling, and I think that's what's going to be their Achilles heel, especially in the postseason. If they have to go up against a team like the Ravens with a you know guy like Lamar, and we're actually going to get to see that matchup this week because the Dolphins play the Ravens, so um, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, but I do think this was a very good game I, from both teams, I think. So we'll we'll get to see these two teams match up uh, later on against better opponents. Like I said, the, the um, Dolphins play the Ravens this week. So I think we'll see, you know, that might be an AFC championship game matchup. Who knows? But we'll see this week coming up. Yeah, Dallas could have a good road loss against a really good team. This would be it. If you could have that a good a good loss, if that makes sense, I think I think yeah. the Buffalo Bills loss though was a well not maybe a good loss because they got kind of blown out, but I think the Buffalo Bills are a very good team as well as the Dolphins. So I think I wouldn't be too concerned about either one of those road losses, especially not I, the Buffalo one. I feel like the all of these team these big teams this year are so much better at their home than what they are away. And that's why I'm not getting too upset about these games. Because I feel like if Bills came to Dallas and Miami came to Dallas, the outcome would be Dallas winning in both of those games. But, you know, I could be wrong. I just, like I have, like I'm almost overly confident about this Lions game coming into Dallas this weekend. Really? I, I, don't, I don't think there's any way Dallas loses. I mean, I, just, I don't know about I just that. I just cannot see it. And I feel like if we went into Lions, I would be concerned then because Lion, you know, most teams I feel like this year are night and day from home and away. And I don't know why that is, but I don't think it's just Dallas. I just think they're getting the narrative end of it. I think it's a lot of teams, really. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I applaud you for being that confident in your team, but I don't know. If I'm that confident, in the I'm a confident in my team at that at home. Well, yeah, it's true. It is at but home. They're, they're both dome teams, though. The Lions are going into a dome. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's really. Obviously, it's a home field advantage for the Cowboys because they've got some fans. Um, but yeah, they're both dome teams. I mean, it's gonna be a good, that's gonna be a very good game. It's probably gonna be one of the ones I'm excited to watch this week. Yeah, we'll see. If they don't, they drop three in a row been a common yeah. thing lately apparently hey i'm there with you buddy my team just dropped the fourth <laughs> in a row so <laughs> the, the next one uh next topic we're going to talk about they almost dropped an air force <laughs> yeah the raiders beat the chiefs 20 to 14 oh not them. I, I was talking about the wrong one but that's okay Keep going. yeah the uh raiders beat the chiefs 20 to 14 at arrowhead why has kansas city declined so much this year after having the league's best offense the previous season um, well, let me get to my sections here. There it is. So, in my opinion, like, for instance, this game, I didn't watch this entire game. I was kind of in and out of it. This was a, a weird game. <laughs> Sorry, my throat is killing me today. This is a weird game to watch. Um, it's kind of really been hard to watch this Kansas City team this year. Absolutely, and I agree. I don't know if it's offensive coordinating on this team, um, switching that up. 
or what it is, but even Travis Kelsey has been hard to watch. They, we've talked about this all season long. They don't have anybody really to go to go to outside of Travis Kelsey. I mean, Rasheed Rice is starting to get into mixed things. He's he's definitely brought a different dynamic to this offense, but it's just night and day watching Travis Kelsey get the ball than watching anybody else on this team get the ball, at least for me. Like, we see how much yards after the catch Travis Kelsey gets, and then you pass, then you pass it to uh, like Blake Bell, you see, or Valdez Scaling, or Richie James, or any of these other guys, and it's just Justin Watson. He actually had a decent game; <coughs> he had a big touchdown. But see, any of these guys, and it just doesn't feel like the same team that we watched last year. That. We just watched Travis Kelsey get the ball and they'll get the ball right. and get the ball and get the ball. And I feel like they expected that again going into the season. And at what point, it's like watching Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. At what point does that come to an end and teams figure out how to stop that because it's so one dynamic? It's just one dimensional. I mean, you have to be able to be able to stop that. They're just not going to continue to do that. And at what point do you go away from that and you try to actually change things up and get things moving in a different direction? I mean, we thought that we we're going to see a better rushing game with Isaiah Pacheco on this team, and he was really doing really good for a while. But then he has games like this and where they're swapping between him and Clyde Edward Hilaire where they don't even believe in. And Pacheco's leading the game with 2.4 average per carry, you know. And then Mahomes has to run it 10 times for 53 yards as your leading rusher. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand why we couldn't get more going on the ground against this Raiders team. Um, and I think that's also a problem there. So you ain't got a good passing attack outside of Kelsey when he's open. Um, and then you don't have a rushing attack, a consistent rushing attack. So not really much you could do there. You have Raiders. They have Zamir White. He's a running back that they picked last year in the fourth round. You had him rush for 145 yards, 6.6 average per carry against your Kansas City's defense. Aiden O'Connell, he threw nine times, nine completions for 62 yards, zero <laughs> touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah. And guess what? Those 62 yards were all in the first quarter. He did not throw a single yard the last three quarters of that entire game. So, like, if you were to just look at the stats of this game, you would pretty much just thought they did nothing. Like, this, this entire exactly. Raiders team – like this entire game, like both teams just did nothing. And you, I expected from the Raiders though. I like expected you, from the Raiders, yeah, yeah, but I expected way more from the Kansas exactly. City. Exactly. When at what point? Let me ask you this: At what point do we stop expecting anything from Kansas City? It's getting there for question. me. That's, it's getting there I mean, for me. And you're not wrong. It's I'm getting to that point myself, especially after this last week. Like if you would have told me. This entire season, 
I could put money on any game, I probably said, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs to beat the Raiders. Yeah. But now it's like. You know what's funny? I actually picked the Raiders to beat the Chiefs. Are you serious? I swear to God in my Pick'em's League because wow. I just, that's how much I just do not trust Kansas City. It is just me. I just don't, I don't like Rasheed no, no, no. Rice, the Rasheed Rice attack. I don't think it's consistent. Yeah, I, I mean, he has 811 yards in a season, season, which is pretty good, but I just feel <laughs> like it's not the same team when they're passing it to him. But on a team that has Travis Kelsey, when you say Rasheed Rice is probably your best option, it's it's sad. And you know, it, you and so it's not just me, yeah. Right. Yeah, you and I have talked, maybe not on the podcast, but you and I have talked about, you know, teams need to figure out a way to shut Travis Kelsey down. And I think that's what they're finally starting to do. And that's the problem. Travis Kelsey was the majority of their offense. You know, that that connection from Mahomes to Kelsey was their lethal so many years before. And now teams are starting to finally figure this Kansas City team out and it's starting to catch up with them. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Harden comes back, correct, right, from IR. Me, Cole. Me, Cole. McCole Hardman comes back, right? Does he come yeah. back from IR? Yeah. Yeah, I think he comes back for you in the reserve. So it sounds like he'll definitely be back before the playoffs, right? Yeah. Do you think that adds anything to his? No. I mean, is Nicole Hardman really giving you that that much of <laughs> that leverage? You know what I mean? Like he's not he's not like a Justin Jefferson or somebody that's going to come in and really elevate this team or change them that much. Like he they traded away for they traded him away or got rid of him, you know, for a reason, you know. And yeah. he's not he's not going to give them that extra step that they they need to make in order to be successful. And you know, right now, honestly, this Chiefs team. I you know I I wouldn't be surprised if they lost first round, even if that game is at Arrowhead because they're playing so poorly right now. Oh yeah, well they just beat they just beat them at Arrow, Arrowhead, didn't they? Yeah, it was Arrowhead. Yeah, Raiders just beat them. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty insane to have Aiden O'Connell come in and throw sixty two yards <laughs> on you and beat you at in Arrowhead. one quarter. In one in, quarter, he literally yeah. did had no passing yards for three quarters of that game. Seventy-five percent of the game, he had no passing yards, and I kind of felt like that was going to happen. But I still picked Raiders because I sat Devonta Adams on my fantasy team, and it was a big move because I put Ezekiel Elliott in, who got like twenty some points, and so took me to the fantasy Super Bowl. But it's... what we've what we've seen from the Raiders, you know, obviously they beat the Chargers sixty-three to twenty-one. You know, a couple weeks ago, they just beat the, the Chiefs at home. If you're if you're um, the Raiders owner right now, do you keep Antonio Pierce as your head coach, the interim guy that's there right now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's doing – I think he's doing a great job. And defensively, yep. defensively, they're doing phenomenally, which is the – you know, he was a linebacker when he played. So, I mean, I'd, I'd give him a shot. I mean, he's doing better than – way better than any other head coach at, in Oakland or in Raiders history these last couple of years. So, I mean, but, yeah, I don't trust the Chiefs right now. I think they're they're trashed. They're – declining they're going downhill which is sad because you and i have been patrick mahomes fan for quite some time so but you know he's starting to not play as well as he used to and that's why the chiefs are declining what if uh raiders catch him i don't think they'll catch him there's only kansas city drops the next two 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'd both be a nine, and then they'd have the tiebreaker. It's possible, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so the Eagles beat the Giants thirty-three to twenty-five on Monday, Christmas Day game. Even though Philly won the game, how concerning is their defensive play right now? My God, um, uh, their defensive, their defense entirely is just atrocious, and I don't even know where to start with their defense because. They're supposed to have one of the better fronts in the league. They, I'm telling you right now, Tommy DeVito, even though he didn't play good at all when he got benched, he didn't look very scared of it. No. Uh, and then Tyrod Taylor, he was just moving in and out of the pocket pretty, pretty cleanly. And, you know, yeah, they get pressure every once in a while, but they don't get to you like they were last year. No. And I think that's a lot, a big problem with this defense. Their back end looked so good last year because their front was so well. They were getting to the quarterback much quicker, and they're just not doing that. As far as their back end, like I just said, they're getting no help from the front, so they're having to cover longer and stay in coverage longer and follow these guys. And Bradbury's just not a very good uh, DB at all. Slay has been out, which, you know, I don't really – think he is that big of a help. Byron doesn't seem like he's changed anything on their back end. And um, I don't even know what you do because you went out and got help mid-season and you know, right. then you just picked up Shaq Leonard and he doesn't seem like he's done anything in the game much. Um, I mean, he led this game in tackles, but you know, you're a linebacker, you should. <laughs> so Yeah, but- They've got the know. worst. They've got the worst pass defense in the league right now. They're they're dead last at thirty second. Um, you know, I don't think it's all on the back end. Like I said, I think it's a lot of on the front, not getting to the quarterback, not getting right. pressure all done. And you know, um, it, like Hassan Reddick was doing much better in the beginning of the season than what he's doing now. Right, and unfortunately, like I said, they've got the worst pass defense in the league right now. And unfortunately, the other teams that they're going to have to beat to get to a Super Bowl like Dallas and San Francisco have very good pass offense. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know this Eagles team, you know, just a few weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, there were a lot of people talking about them being the best team in the league. And now they're looking like, like a mid team right now. They're not even playing that well. Jalen's not playing well. Like, like we keep saying, this defense is not playing well. I just, I don't see them making the Super Bowl. I would not even be, you know, hard pressed to say that they wouldn't even win a playoff game right now. Um, but right now they would have to play. If they want, if they play another, pitch, they're the second seed right now. Yeah, so they'd have to play the Seahawks, which they had just which, played a couple of weeks ago without and lost Smith. and lost. But they would be playing at Philadelphia. Right, so that'd be a little bit of advantage. I think they could pull off that game. They probably could, um, but, but it would definitely, definitely if like if if Seattle came in with their A game, they're winning. Right? Did you know and, Smith came in playing like how he played Dallas? They're winning for sure. And if the if the Eagles had to play a team like the Rams right now, like I could see Matt Stafford definitely coming into a game like that and slicing it up. Oh yeah, just having, just having a field day with that Philadelphia secondary. 
So, I mean, like I said, this this Eagles team is not very good right now, even though they're tied for the best record in the NFC. I, I just don't see it. I don't see I mean, it at all. They, they bench Tommy DeVito. Tyler Taylor comes in. Looks like a much better offense already with the Giants. It comes down to the last play to a, like a 20-yard, like a 25-yard kind of like Hail Mary kind of play. Did you see it? Yeah. And Saquon literally gets tossed out the back of the end zone. Did you see that play? Yeah, I saw that. And like people were pissed about it because – it wasn't it really a Hail Mary play because you know how Mary plays, they're just going right. to let it go. But this is like 20, 25 yards out. And he throws like a bullet into it. And Saquon literally just gets picked up and thrown. And it's like, what? Because if they would have thrown the flag, they would have been at the one yard line. They would have just ran in with Saquon. And this game, and then they would have had to go for a two. And if they would have tied two, it would have went to overtime. So that's how close they were with Giants on their third third string quarterback right that's that's a scary thing tyra taylor i mean i wouldn't say obviously tommy devito is playing a little bit better than tyrod but i wouldn't say tyrod is a terrible quarterback i mean no yeah especially with as bad as this eagles defense is playing right now like tyrod is you know he's he's decent he's a good he's a solid backup um but you know it's it, it's just it's difficult to watch this Eagles team because they're defensively they're not playing very good, and offensively they're not playing good enough to make up for that. Uh, you know, defense is playing that terribly, and like I said, Jalen is not playing very well at all. I mean, he's making a lot of mistakes with very few opportunities to make up for it. Um, He's not passing the ball as well as he was last year. AJ Brown is not as much of a threat as he was last year. Like this, or the this team, of the season, right? This team has been exposed, and I, I just don't see them making it very far this year. But it's also a team at the same at the same time could flip a switch and become what they were. They can, yeah, they can. I don't know how they would. They've definitely added talent throughout the season. And it hasn't changed, but I don't know how they could do it. But at the flip of a switch, I think they could do it. And I, honestly, do you know how I think they could do it? I th- And I think this would never happen because Nick Sirianni's ego. Right. If they didn't have Jalen throwing 38 times this game and they bumped DeAndre Swift, who's averaging like five yards a carry from 20 to like 25, 30 carries, they could have won that game. They could have won that game much more easier. But I think he always feels like he has something to prove with Jalen Hurts, and that's to me that's a problem. And I think he's making he's bringing the team down on it. Yeah, I just I, I feel like he needs, and they're one of the best running teams in the game in the league. Yet they always go away from it, right? And I think yeah. they're just they're trying to put Jalen Hurts on a pedestal. And I, I just don't know why. I mean, I know they're trying to keep probably A.J. Brown from crying, Devontae Smith from crying, Goddard from crying. But at the end of the day, all these people should realize if you're a better running team than what you are passing team, then you run the ball. Yeah, I mean, they've, uh, they're have they just one of those teams right now that I don't, I don't trust, and I don't trust a lot of teams right now. 
Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but the Ravens beat the 49ers 33-19 to on Monday night. Baltimore exposed Brock Purdy and caused him to throw four interceptions. Would you say that Baltimore is the best team in the league right now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think if they played the 49ers ten times, they'd win four of them. I did pick <laughs> them to win that game because I just felt like it was 49ers time to get an ass whooping. You know what I mean? I just felt like it's been a while. They've whooped a lot of ass lately. It was just their turn to get an ass whooping. Yeah, I agree. I think with what we've seen from the 49ers these last few weeks, they just keep winning back to back to back to back. And, you know, it was a blowout win against the Eagles. And, you know, um, I think they were due due for a loss. Yeah, they were due for a loss. And I think this is a good ass whooping. And I'm glad it happened now, two games before going into the postseason, um, because I think they'll rebound from this. I think Brock Purdy will definitely turn things around. And I like Brock Purdy. I like him a lot. Um, you know, I think he's come a long way, f- you know, from being a Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, to, you know, leading a team that is currently sitting with the number one seed. Um, but, yeah, Baltimore is a very good team, too. Lamar, he's been up and down all year, but for the most part, he's been pretty consistent. And I think, especially with the way this Ravens defense is, I think they're a very good team right now. Yeah, I think that game really came down to just Ravens defense in general. They right. made it super difficult on on Brock Purdy. They pretty much let's see what was CMC's numbers that game. I mean, he looked like he was running pretty well, but I don't remember yeah, seeing the final he had, numbers. He had a touchdown, a little over a hundred yards rushing. Um, yeah, so you know I mean, he had seven point four yards of carry, but right. I mean, they were they were Baltimore starting to pull away, so you couldn't couldn't run too much, but they never officially got away with it. Got away from it, which I like, um, which Kyle Shanahan's good at. Never want to get really truly away from it. You always still want to throw it in there. But George Kittle went off. Brandon Ayuk went off. I mean, Brock Purdy still had a pretty, you know, I hate to say decent game. They were two, two deflections, and then the other two were bonehead mistakes. Right. So, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously we don't do that. We don't take the interceptions away from quarterbacks like that. I'm not making right. excuses for him. But uh, all four picks definitely weren't on him. Um, he played better than what his numbers say. Um, but I don't know. And then Sam Darnold came in and then played pretty decent as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I liked – I mean, I know you don't like Sam Darnold because years ago he beat Penn State in the Rose Bowl, but – That's not the only reason. You you just don't like Sam Darnold for some reason, but I don't I don't dislike Sam Darnold. I thought I thought he got a bad rap, didn't get a fair shot when he was with the Jets, um, and I actually liked seeing him come in a little bit in this one. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think this the Baltimore like right now. Like I I told Raz last week. I know you weren't on the podcast, but me and Raz were talking about this. I said this would this might be your Super Bowl matchup here, the Ravens and the Niners. Um, you know, and like you said, I don't see if this does happen to be a rematch in the Super Bowl. I don't see it being as terrible for Brock Purdy. I don't think he's going to throw four picks again. I think it'll be a lot closer of a game, and I think uh, San Francisco might even win that one. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, uh, these are definitely the best two teams right now in their given conference. You right. know what I mean? 
Right. So I don't think anybody could deny that. Um, I think the records say it, and that's they they probably earned it. They probably earned it. You could say um, Ravens. I wouldn't say are as good as Forty ers and that sounds stupid because they just smacked them. But at the end of the day, just because you you gotten beat by somebody doesn't always mean that you're better than them. It's just not the way it happens, and that's just the way football goes. That's why they say any given Sunday. That's why I wish the Super Bowl was best out of three, not <laughs> just best out of one, because sometimes you you beat a team that you're not supposed to beat. You know, that's just the way football goes. It yeah. happens every year, and I, I don't think they're far off, but I do think San Francisco is definitely a better team, a better coach team. Um, oh, yeah. It's just... That what what could go wrong went went wrong for the whole game and and it just kept snowballing and that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our week seventeen matchups and predictions, let's talk a little bit about this MVP race. Now, I know personally for me, I don't necessarily see one person severely standing out amongst anyone else. But what are you, like? What are your thoughts? Who do you think is our MVP as of right now? So when you say MVP, um, sorry, my throat. Um, ran out of water. So you mean quarterback? Or are we actually talking the league? Because obviously, no, MVP, my most s- valuable player, doesn't have to be a quarterback. That's a hard one for me. Um, oh, I don't even know. I'd probably have to say Christian McCaffrey. I don't even want to say Tyreek Hill because, I mean, he is the motor to that team. I would say Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and if I'm picking quarterback and you might laugh at me, I think still your best quarterback overall that's been formed throughout the whole entire season has been Dak Prescott. I'm not going to laugh and at you think, for that. I agree with that. I think his, I think, I think his road losses kind of got – kind of took him out of the race, which is fine. You know, it is expected. That's what – as it happens after a loss, they expect your MVP teams to just keep winning every game. Um, Chris McCaffrey, if we're going non-quarterback, Chris McCaffrey first, and then Tyreek Hill, and then Dak Prescott, and that would be mine. Um, yeah. I know odds probably have Lamar right now, but if you look at Lamar's quarterback ratings, they're not very good. Numbers, they're not very good. He has 19 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, which that's good. 96 rating, 63 QBR, and a 66 completion percentage. They're good, but they're like they're not up there in the top five on any of them, really. Besides his rushing stats, which I mean, you could say like Lamar is a big reason that team's winning. You can't deny that. Yeah, um, he's a big percentage touchdown percentage for that team. Um, probably, I think the highest out of anything, any team. So I mean, there's an argument to be made there. For that, but it's not like they're his not the same numbers from his 2000 MVP, 2019 MVP winning um, when he won there with like 40 some touchdowns, total right. touchdowns, and it's not going to be that. But you know, you could definitely make an argument for Lamar. Yeah, so I think, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, but I think the MVP is going to be typically what we've seen the MVP be, which is the quarterback of the best team. And unfortunately, it is right unfortunate. Now, yes, yeah. I agree. It's unfortunate, especially the best team because, right? You know, and I, I think, think you should be a contending team. Just, 
or else you're not really valuable, but I don't think right. you need to necessarily be the best team. And just because of Monday night's game between the Ravens and the 49ers, I think the best team right now overall is probably the Ravens. So I think, and I hate to say it, I think right now your MVP front runner is Lamar Jackson. Um, I agree, yeah. But for me personally, I agree with you. I think Christian McCaffrey, we've seen him be pretty consistent all year. And um, I think for me, he is my MVP, but I don't think he's going to put up the stats that they're going to want to see from a MVP caliber running back. And unfortunately, like you said, um, our, I'm sorry, like I said, I think it is going to be the best quarterback on the best team at the end of the year. And I think it's going to come down to either three ways. It's going to be either Lamar, it's going to be Brock Purdy, or it's going to be Dak Prescott. And I agree. <laughs> I agree with you on the whole Dak Prescott situation because Last night, we saw Brock Purdy throw four picks against the Ravens, and we have not seen Dak have a bad that bad of a game this year. Yeah, yeah, their road record isn't the best right now. They've lost some pretty big road games, but we haven't seen Dak have a bad game like we saw Brock Purdy have last night. So I think if you're going to give it to quarterback, I think it has to be Dak Prescott. But I think overall, my most valuable player right now is Christian McCaffrey. I can agree with that. Um, and as far as like actual MVP race of who they'd, who people would bet on, and everything, I think Lamar has it right now. Like you had said, like in the actual betting, you know, money line of who's going to be the MVP. But he's he has to go to Dolphins, and then he has to go to Steelers, which he had lost to the Steelers earlier. In right. his house, so you know to finish off the two the end of the season on the road, and if you possibly lose both of those, or do bad in those on the road away, not at home, you know that's that's probably going to take you out of MVP race. People like to see winning at the end of the season for that, and then Dak is at home, and then he plays at Washington, which he always plays very well at. Um, I and then Brock Purdy. He's going to play shoot I had at Commanders and then verse the Rams. So he has a chance too to kind of solidify to you know regain some fans and you know motivation and whatever you want to call it to get some MVP voters behind him in these last two games. He has a little bit of a easier slater slate than what Lamar has as well. Rams would I be think, a little bit of a challenge, but Yeah. I think if 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 Lamar and the Ravens beat the Dolphins this week, I think that kind of solidifies that MVP award for Lamar. Because I, I just because of the way the Ravens have been playing and the way the Steelers yeah. are playing, I don't see Baltimore losing that game. But then again, if the Ravens beat the Dolphins this week, the Ravens might sit all their starters for that week 18 game against the Steelers because they'll have locked in the number one seed. So it's all going to come down to this weekend. I think if Lamar plays well against the Dolphins and they win that game, I think Lamar was probably going to be your MVP, but I can see it possibly going to Dak or Brock. Um, Christian McCaffrey is a, is a wild card there. He He's probably your, your number four there in the MVP race, but – I think if if I was the guy giving out the MVP award right now, I'd say I'd either have to give it to Dak or Christian McCaffrey. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree with there. All right, so let's get into our Week 17 matchups and predictions. Now, the first game on the slate is your Thursday night game. The New York Jets are traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. And I think everything that we've said about the Cleveland Browns and how much we love Joe Flacco right now, I can't pick the Jets. I have to go with Cleveland in this one. Yeah, for sure, Cleveland. Should be an easy one. All right. And there's only one Saturday game this week, and that is going to be your Cowboys match. Oh, shit. I didn't know we played on Saturday. Yeah. That's sweet. Your Detroit, or the Detroit Lions travel to your Dallas Cowboys to take on the Cowboys. Now, this is a tough one for me. Just because the Cowboys play so well at home, I'm going to take the Cowboys at home in this one. Cowboys are actually favored by six points at home. Yeah, so that's pretty surprising. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's too much. I mean, I'm feeling optimistic about it because it's at home. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to take the Cowboys on this. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I think it'll be close, but I, I think the Dallas Cowboys will sneak out of there with a win. Yeah. All right, the New England Patriots travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. I mean, I, I'm going to have to go with the Bills in this one. They've been playing great football lately. The Patriots have not been. Patriots just won. Um, this is a divisional game. Zeke's. Zeke maybe will be behind the the center again. I don't know. There's a Stevenson back. I'm not sure. But they've been they look like a different team when Zeke's back there. But uh I'll take the Browns. I mean I'll take the Bills this game. I was gonna take the Patriots, but now I just talked myself out of it because I don't think Zeke's gonna be the starting <laughs> running back. But which I don't know why, because they look better. Yeah, they do. <laughs> All right, Atlanta Falcons traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. I mean, the Bears are, aren't playing terrible right now, and since this one is in Chicago, I'm going to take the Bears over the Falcons. Yeah, I'll agree with that. All right, the Las Vegas Raiders travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. I mean, the, Ra- uh, the Raiders look hot right now. They're coming off of a big win in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Raiders on the road. The Raiders. We'll take the Raiders. All right. Los Angeles Rams travel to New York to take on the Giants. Rams looking pretty good right now. Giants are not. I'm going to take the Rams on the road. Yeah, Giants. I'd imagine Tyra Taylor's going to play again. Um, give him a little bit more play time so he can beat Philadelphia in the final week. <laughs> but uh, I'll take the Rams in this one. All right. Arizona Cardinals travel to Philly to take on the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles at home. Do you think Kyler Murray could have, has a chance to pull this one off? I, I don't like Kyler Murray. I don't think he has a chance at all. <coughs> yeah, I'll take the Eagles as well, but <laughs> all we'll right. see. All right, the New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay to take on the red-hot Buccaneers. I'm going to go with Baker and the Bucks at home. Yeah, I think they keep it up. Uh, I will be voting for the Saints. Rooting for the Saints because I'd rather face the Saints in the playoffs, <laughs> but... All right. Uh, Bucks will win. All right. San Francisco 49ers travel to Washington to take on the Commanders. I think the the 49ers are bounced back in this one. I'm going to take them on the road against the Commanders. Yeah, I agree. All right. Carolina Panthers travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. I mean, I know my Jaguars have lost four in a row, but I pray to God they do not lose against the Panthers. I'm going to take the Jaguars at home. I'll be taking the Panthers. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll take the day away. It'll All be right. fun. This is probably going to be the game of the week here. The Miami Dolphins travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Um, I just I don't trust the 
Miami Dolphins on the road in Baltimore, I'm going to take the Ravens at home. Yeah, if it was that Dolphins, I'd maybe have a little bit better. Now, I'm most surprised because the Ravens are only favored by three and a half. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a good game. I'll take the Ravens, though. All right. Tennessee Titans travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Now, I don't know if C.J. Stroud is going to be back playing in this one yet, um, but I'm still going to take the Texans at home. I think it's, it sounds like he should be back from concussion protocol, but you know we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, Texans. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Um, I mean, I don't trust Mason Rudolph to win two in a row. I'm going to take Seattle at home. Yeah, definitely. All right. Los Angeles Chargers going to Denver to take on the Broncos. Um, I'm going to make this my upset of the week. I'm going to take Easton Stick and the Chargers over the Broncos in Denver. Oh, God, no. I'm taking Russell Wilson. All right. Cincinnati Bengals travel to KC to take on the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back in this one. I think I'm going to take them to win at home. You sure hope so. If not, everyone's going to be jumping ship. Right. Chiefs. All right. And the last matchup of the week, there is no Monday night game. So the last matchup of the week is the Green Bay Packers traveling to Minnesota on Sunday night football to take on the Vikings. Uh, This is a tough one for me. I mean, I'm going to just toss it up and take the Packers on the road. Yeah, no, I was just agree too, Packers. All right, so that does it for our Week 17 matchups, and that does it for another edition of Late Hit. This is the last episode of the year. We hope you guys all have a very happy New Year. You guys be safe out there. Don't forget to watch a lot of football this weekend, and we will see you all in 2024. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us and listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we are on X at Late Hit PFR. Matt is at Matt PFR, and I am at T underscore Luddy. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all next year. Thank you, everyone.